You hang with me? Alright, come sit. Come sit. We're going to do a live stream. Sit. You sit down. Grab a sock. Enjoy yourself. I got to do this now. There's no dog pussy out there right now. You're good. Chill out. It's too early in the morning to be worrying about dog pussy. Kim Barnum, hold on. Let's start with Kim. Bill's going to the drive-in to watch and tailgate. That's that's very, very cool at a drive-in theater. I like that. I think the Bills are favored at home against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, right? Yes, they're letting people into the stadium now, but not a lot. Not enough to make a difference, I don't think. Can't wait for the Bills game. 6,700 people could go to the game. I, I really believe at that point you should just open up the stadium and just tell everyone to be safe because you let uh, the 6,700 people in and they all crowd together anyway. So they're at high risk of uh, contracting the coronavirus. I think their thought was, well, the stadium holds 70,000-ish, so we'll, we'll make it about 10%-ish. Of capacity and they'll spread out all over the place. Colin with the stars, first one in the morning. What's up, Colin Men's? Ten percent capacity. Well, uh, and they'll spread all over the place, and that's not the case, man. You walk into that, that that stadium and you're like, holy shit, there's nobody here. I'm walking all the way down to the fifty yard line. Karen, let's go. Let's go. Hurry up. Before someone else takes the seats. Because I think it's first come, first serve, right? And then next thing you know, everyone's sitting around you. Of course they are. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see a playoff game in Buffalo with not a lot of people. So, of course, you're going to risk the coronavirus. Of course you are. And it's hard for me to say uh, those people are crazy because I lived in Buffalo. I understand. That stadium is huge, but they all, like, moved down. They all moved down for that game uh, against the Colts. I was very, very surprised how crowded they were together. Um, you were surprised that most of the fans kept their masks on during the game? Man, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be keeping my mask on at that point. Uh, Kim Barnum, yeah, we talked about that on the live stream. Um, so... There were an extra 200 people that were supposed to be at that game against the Colts, and they tested positive for the coronavirus. Could you imagine you got picked to go to the playoff game, and then they test you and, and realize you got the damn coronavirus, so you can't go? Um, yeah, that does blow, right, Craig? Could you imagine you're excited? I know how those fans are. You're jumping up and down and cheek the waga. <laughs> it's a little callback. Jump around and cheek the wagon like, Oh my God, Karen, we got tickets to the game. Oh my God, get your jersey. And then uh, they go, one one other thing, you got tested, you got to get tested for the coronavirus, and then they test you, and, and, and you got it, and now you can't go to the game. Oh, that's got to suck. <laughs> Kelly, hey, Kelly, what's up? 
Can't wait to come on the podcast. I'm an old remarried widow now. LOL. We did a surprise Facebook Live wedding on New Year's. My weird life. Kelly fucking rules. And Kelly, I'm, I, I've been avoiding you because you gave me the invite. And then I'm not going to lie to you. I forgot. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Kelly, uh, my friend Kelly, who's, uh, who's a very, very funny lady. Me and her got together for a bunch of years, and uh, and we were making videos all over New York, tricking all sorts of people. Uh, she's the uh, the star of the McFallen video, and the star of the Bacon Sunday video, and many many others. Man, every single video I did with uh, Kelly Lynn just fucking went viral. And then her damn husband drops dead in a in a pet store. Uh, did a couple podcasts with Kelly. Uh, well received, my God. There was somebody that said it was one of their favorite podcasts. The, the first time you came on the podcast there, Kelly, talking about your husband dying in uh, Petco or whatever it was. And then uh, we all f felt for Kelly and felt so bad and all that. Blah, 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 blah. And then life is weird because then Kelly fell in love and now um, she's married. I, I, Kelly, you might remember when we talked about it, I talked about my dad. It's okay, video still on my Facebook if you feel like watching a wedding. God, no. I mean, I love you and all, but God, no. And I remember we had that conversation when we were filming videos at uh, Occupy Wall Street, because that's around the time it happened where you lost your husband, and I was trying to, like, pump you up. I didn't know what the fuck to say. I, I came home, and I was really depressed talking to my wife about it, I talked about my dad's life, I was trying to, like, tell you it's going to be okay, which is so stupid to tell somebody that's deep in mourning, and I told the story of my dad, um, where I'm not even supposed to be here, because he fell in love with his high school sweetheart, and had three kids, uh, my older sister, I do remember talking about your dad, Kelly Lynn says, good. I don't know if it sunk in at the time, but I was tr I was trying everything because I felt I felt your pain, and then it was so weird because in between takes at Occupy Wall Street, where you're being hilarious, we're just kind of in the dark shadows trying to figure out what we want to do next, and I could just feel your sadness, and I'm like, how the fuck is she doing this? How is she going from incredibly sad to to um, getting ready to be really funny and entertaining for these videos that turned out to go um, viral? But my dad married his high school sweetheart, had three kids. Uh, my older sister is six years older than me. Love her dearly. And uh, I was supposed to have two older brothers as well. Um, they died. They, uh, they weren't on earth too long, let's just put it that way. And then my dad loses his uh, high school sweetheart, his first wife. And I was trying to tell this whole story to Kelly. And I'm like, but look, I'm here. I'm here because of tragedy. <laughs> oh, my God. I was trying though I'm like I'm here the only reason I'm here Kelly is because of tragedy and you never know what life's gonna you know give you and how it's gonna be different down the road and then you know my uh my dad met my mom and they ended up having uh another six kids together so life is weird that way but with all that Kelly Lynn congratulations um on your marriage and yes we will do another podcast soon Hopefully this husband won't randomly die too, lol. Well, geez. That's kind of what I said uh, after Carl went, to be honest with you. Well, hopefully my um, 
My second best friend will not. Oh, that's right. He's going to die, too. Sorry, I shouldn't say that to you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think Vic, I, I, I now know why um, Vic Henley died. I know Carl died because he couldn't take the fact that people wanted to put pineapple on their pizza. We all know that. That's why Carl said, I got to go. But now I understand why Vic Henley died. And that's because he did not want to be around for another national title from Alabama, being an Auburn guy. I understand that, and uh, he didn't want to watch another season of Oak Island. We all know. We all know that. Sarah, what's up, man? Bill's favorite by, I guess, uh, everyone in the room saying one and a half points. I thought it was two, two and a half points, but they're favored by one and a half points against the Ravens at home. That's going to be a tough game, but they get past the Ravens, then you got to start thinking Super Bowl. you got to start thinking Super Bowl win for the Buffalo Bills if they get past the Ravens. If we stop Lamar on the run, we got the game. We? Do we have a Buffalo Bills player in the room? <laughs> I always, I can't say I, I, I always hated that because we all do it. You know, we, we... Are you suiting up for the games? <laughs> we. <laughs> Opie, don't say the word out loud yet. I'm sorry. You're right. You're barking at nothing. You're literally barking at nothing. You understand that? We got we to gotta work on your intelligence. You're literally barking at nothing. This dog will see its reflection in a window and, th and is convinced that there's another dog. Cuomo's insane, Vinny uh, Scaramuzo says. Why, Vinny? I saw your, uh, was that a tweet, a DM on the Instagram? I forgot how you got a hold of me. But um, Cuomo wants to open up New York City. He says it's imperative, basically, to save the economy. And I, uh, I do not disagree with that. I, I never really fully agreed with uh, the shutdowns because I understood how it was going to um, affect small businesses. You know, fuck the big box stores. I don't give a fuck about those people. But I, I, I already understand uh, local politics and politics in general don't take care of the, the small businesses. So I knew every time they were shutting down um, the economy that they were really screwing over the small businesses. And uh, I just always felt like they should have tried to keep as much open as possible but have a smart plan. Uh, Doggy Hughes is part of the Bills Mafia. Unpredictable behavior. <laughs> Very nice. I'm going to throw my dog through a flaming table. Being set on fire or being thrown through a table, I, I my back can't handle being thrown through a table, so I would go with uh, being set on fire. And then everyone, uh, then you got to just believe that everybody around you is going to put you out. That's, that's the beauty when you see those videos. That's the beauty of that. They set you on fire. You definitely got to run around for a good five, maybe ten seconds to make it look good. Everyone understands that. And then there's one guy that has to go, okay, let's go. And then they tackle the guy and they pat out the fire. It's amazing every single time that you're putting your life in uh, your buddy's hands that have been drinking all afternoon or all morning. So a lot of those guys get there really early for, uh, obviously, the one o'clock games. Are you licking my butt? Go. No, I can't play with the sock right now. I'm, I'm doing things. I know I make this look effortless, but I'm actually doing things right now. God, this simpleton. Go. 
Go lick your ass or something. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you. I'll take you for a walk in a bit. I told you I might have a little touch. We went over all the touches. I might have a little touch of dyslexia. A little touch. I got a touch of a stammer. A little touch. I'm taking the mental illness thing out. I don't even have a touch of that. Definitely got a touch of OCD. For real. ST words, Eton Burke, yes. St -st -st -st, he writes. <laughs> I hate saying ST words. Hate it. I panic every time I see one. And, uh, I don't know. I think that Tourette's. I don't have fucking Tourette's. Jeffrey Geis. The hell is wrong with you? Not that there's anything wrong with that, GH. Just a touch. Why are you laughing at that? John Lombardo III. What are you, why are you laughing at just a touch? Nothing wrong with having a touch. <laughs> Brandon Barnes laughing. and <laughs> That sunrise is beautiful. I think I gotta go. I know the dog is uh, sniffing around because he's got to um, do his morning poo. And I got to uh, I gotta read with my daughter before school because she didn't do her homework last night. So we got to read for about 15 minutes. And what else? And I got to make him breakfast. Although I made him breakfast for dinner last night. Anyone who has young kids... I don't have to explain that to you. You already know. If you have young kids and you announce that uh, you're, we're going to have breakfast for dinner. It's almost as... As good as telling them uh, Santa Claus is coming. They were so happy. I went with some uh, pork roll. <clears throat> no, it's not uh, a Taylor ham. It's pork roll. I went with uh, French toast with um, light on the batter. Because they don't like the eggy. With a lot of cinnamon. And I actually found strawberries that didn't rot by the time I got home from the store. So that was, that was a big plus. Fruit is very, very strange, especially strawberries. You look at them in the store, you're like, oh my god, these look so fucking beautiful, those stupid Driscoll strawberries. Why are they the only ones? Why why have they uh, taken over the strawberry market? We need some, uh, and there's the ST word, by the way. We need, uh, we, need, we need some competition with the strawberries. Those stupid Driscolls. I don't know if they put them on... I put them under special lights that make them look so heavenly and red and juicy. And then you get them home and you're like, what the fuck is all this white and green? And it looks like they, they just hit the strawberries with some kind of gas to mature them quicker. That's if you're lucky. The other side of it is you, you see these glorious strawberries, perfect red, juicy and everything. And then you, you have to run to your car and, and, and risk getting a speeding ticket to get them home in time before they get all fuzzy the hell is that about but i timed it perfectly and i got some strawberries i got them home in time and they weren't all fuzzy with mold or whatever the hell the fuzzy white crap is and i cut them up for the uh for the breakfast for dinner thing last night it was nice real nice chest hair getting white sigh age sucks jeffrey geist says yeah for some reason like my um the head of my head on the top of my, uh, the hair on the top of my head, excuse me, is still not gray. I got a little gray underneath a little bit, a little bit, little bit, but I'm very, very surprised, man. I'm, I, I don't, 
but I have like gray chest hair. I've, I've seen a couple gray pubes. You pluck that shit out, then it makes your eyes water. <laughs> oh, I got into it with a lady on the beach. I'll get into that story in a second. But first, very happy to see that Blue Chew is still with the OP Radio Podcast. BlueChew.com, promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to try it for free. Yes, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Now, guys, you remember the days when you were always ready to go. Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. It's BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. And this is what I really like about Blue Chew. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package, all clean, nice and clean. Made in the good old U.S. of A. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. No awkwardness. And you don't have to leave your house to get the Blue Chew. Actually, to get the boner. Well, you might want to leave the house for the boner. No. Uh, Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code OPOPIE. Just pay the $5 for shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, bluechew.com, promo code O-P-O-P-I-E to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And don't forget, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible and free. So please make sure you use the promo code O-P-O-P-I-E at bluechew.com for a boner. Thank you, bluechew.com, promo code O-P. I got into it with a, a dumb lady yesterday on the beach. You try to find isolation. You know, that's pretty obvious if you've been following these things. Because I, I like the peace. I like being away from people. I'm an introvert by nature. So it was really, really stupid to go into broadcasting. <laughs> it was really, really dumb. It takes a lot of effort for me to uh, to do this. Because uh, by nature, I, uh, I'm, I'm quiet. I keep to myself. So with that said, yesterday I I took the dog for a walk late in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, this is glorious. This is absolutely glorious. There's no one on the beach. Me and my dog, we can walk as the sun's going down. And I was was debating putting this on. And uh, I go over the dune. And this older lady with a tiny yip-yap dog. Hey, Gail. Thanks for the stars. And she has a yip-yap dog. She's definitely an older lady. I would say she was at least 70. And I could already see, because I have experience with it, that she had crazy eyes. I could see that she wasn't completely right. And my dog went right up to her and her little yip-yap dog, because he doesn't know. He's Marilee Olsen with the stars. Thank you. Get some coffee. I'm absolutely going to get some. I actually have to jump in the car after this and get more, (laughs) if you want to know the truth. So, um, the dog, I mean, wasn't much bigger than my foot and it was on a leash and my dog ran up to start sniffing and see if the dog wants to play. And usually 
you know, dog owners out here, especially, we're polite. We kind of look at each other like, is this okay? And they kind of give you the, the look, and then you, you, you let your dog off the leash or whatever, and they play around for 15 or 20 minutes. Every once in a while, you get a combination that's no good whatsoever, and you got one dog. Not mine yet, by the way. Uh, one dog attacking another dog, and then the, the dog owner goes, oh, okay, this ain't going to work. Have a good day and, and move on. Most of you know this, that uh, have owned dogs. So my dog went a sniffing. Her dog started barking. And my dog wasn't on a leash because I, I looked around and there was no one out here. And she was so bothered. She was so bothered. <laughs> and we might have got into it a little bit. And I couldn't get my dog because now if you try to get my dog, he thinks you want to play. So now he's definitely not going to come to you. And she goes, can't, why can't you get your dog? I don't understand why you can't get your dog. And he's not doing anything. He's just being a puppy. Trust me, he, he, he wasn't going to hurt anybody. He's just excited to see another dog. I don't understand why you can't get your dog. And then she goes, out of nowhere, she goes, I don't need this. And I look at her like, need what? You know, it was it was quite innocent, to be completely honest with you. A bit of a, a hassle for maybe a minute or two, and that, that would be it. She goes, I can't, I can't take this. I had a bad day. I can't take this. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then she kept going. This was all within less than five minutes, by the way. Maybe three minutes. And then she goes again, why can't you get your dog? I go, you get my dog then. I go, it's a puppy. And then she goes, if you can't get your dog, then then you shouldn't be out here with your dog. And I go, that, you know, not going to lie to you, the old version of me would have fucking ripped her head off. But I did sneak one in. I go, I got to be honest, you're the only person that has ever complained out here. And she looks at me with her crazy eyes and goes, everybody complains. <laughs> I'm like, who who is everybody, you lunatic? Oh, God. And then she was literally dragging her dog by the leash. Pretty much up in the air, so my, my dog couldn't get it, uh, any closer. It's always something with somebody. She's triggered. She she didn't look right. She looked. Uh, she definitely looked off. She looked a little wobbly. Good morning, Sizzle Chess. What's up, Gary Krasinski? How are you, man? Man, that sun came out all right. I want to paint that shit right there. <laughs> Pump the brakes, Bob Ross. I just saw that, Rachel. <laughs> Why does Rachel give me a beating every morning? Jesus. Uh-oh, uh I better be quiet. They might censor me. Facebook might censor me. Everybody's on Twitter bitching about um, losing followers. And I think Twitter kind of woke up, and I think all they're doing is wiping out fake accounts and bots and whatnot, because it happened to everybody. But it's so funny to see everybody whining and crying. Don Jr. is yelling and screaming about censorship on Twitter as, as he tweets on Twitter. <laughs> I think uh, big tech in general was just trying to control the revolution. They're like, I think we could help prevent a revolution. So this is what we're going to do right now. But it'll be interesting uh, what they do in the coming months because there's definitely some issues. I'm not going to sit here and lie. 
I always hated when corporations um, censored the people. You know, a lot of times censorship doesn't come from um, the government. It definitely comes from private industry. I've, I've been yelling about that for my entire uh, professional career. I've said it a million times. I never worried about the FCC, which had the rules for broadcast radio back in the day. If you were a broadcaster, you knew the FCC regulations inside and out. And uh, you made sure you followed them to a, a T. Then somewhere along the way, you didn't have to worry about the government and the FCC anymore. You had to worry about private industry, big corporations and the rules they had. Because if you run a company, I guess you could do whatever the fuck you want. You could have your own rules and regulations. Which uh, I don't like at all, but that's just the way of the world. So then somewhere in broadcast um, radio, you know, you laughed at the FCC regulations and you started worrying about all the, all the crap that these corporations would find offensive and these, uh, these special interest groups. One stupid letter to all their members would get DJs fired and then the radio companies would collapse and I, I, would, I would always say to them like, but what about all the people that absolutely support the goddamn show? Why are you listening to a special interest group that their members obviously don't even listen to the, the show they're complaining about or the radio station in general? It, it never made sense. So what Twitter did last week, um, that's nothing new, unfortunately. Creative people have been fighting that shit for, for a long, long time. But do stars talk? Of course. You give me enough stars, I'll say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> the almighty dollar. Looks like a Beach Boys album cover. What's your favorite Beach Boys song? Brian Wilson couldn't even hear out of one ear because his dad beat the shit out of him. Punching him in his ear until he couldn't hear anymore. That is a hell of a story. The Brian Wilson story is amazing. That's a good documentary to check out. I said this, but uh, John Cusack played Brian Wilson in that movie. <laughs> I swear to you. Because John Cusack is so famous that 15, 20 minutes into that movie, I'm like, oh, John Cusack is playing Brian Wilson. <laughs> oh, he's actually playing him. That's why I like when they get unknowns for these very famous people when they make movies about them. Did you ever... Did you ever get to keep uh, vinyl albums as you moved around radio and around the country, actually? I hated vinyl records. We were just talking about that in my house. Somebody was asking me. Uh, oh, I know why. Because my kids got a uh, record player from, um, from Mom, Mom, and Pop Pop down there in Philly. And they got one record so far, Billie Eilish. And in my house, we were talking about the early days of my radio career. Somebody asked, uh, did you have to use uh, record players? I'm like, yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. Because uh, you, you would put on a song, old school record player in the studio. You know, they had state-of-the-art equipment, but it was still a stupid record player. And then if the song was really good and you wanted to, I don't know, jump around the studio a little bit. Especially if it was something new and you knew you were, you were one of the first people playing it for, for everybody out there. 
you'd get really pumped and you wanted to move around that studio. I was going to say dance, but I knew that would sound stupid. Um, and then you ha had to worry that if you hit the floor too hard, you'd, you'd have the, um, the record skip. I loved when they moved to um, CDs. That was a great day for a lot of uh, music jocks because then they didn't have to worry at all that the damn thing was going to skip unless it wasn't clean. I had to take those CDs and rub them on your, your shirt all the time just to make sure. But uh, yeah, man, but I started when we had to use uh, record players. That's that's crazy to think, man. But they got a record player. They opened that thing up. They were so confused. They didn't understand in the least <laughs> how it worked, what it was. I was starting to show them, and um, the Billie Eilish record came yesterday. So we're gonna we're gonna pump that thing up today. We're gonna turn that damn thing on today. Oh, I know, brother. Getting back to your question, and, and Jeffrey, guys, uh, those radio promo albums are quite desirable these days. I fucking know, man. Who saw that coming? When I was in Rochester, I think I told this story too, but. Um, the music director at one of the stations up there I was friends with, I wasn't making any money. I mean, literally less than $10,000. I don't know how I survived. And then I moved to Buffalo to make $12,000 and then left Buffalo making $14,000. So the record companies, yeah, they would, they would send all those promo albums and they would make their own like s singles and stuff that weren't for sale. So they were really special in the record stores. The music director would would kind of make a pile for himself, especially when the radio station wasn't really using them anymore. He would go to like I think it was Record Archive up there in Rochester, I think, something like that. And then they would make a fucking deal, man. And then the music director, because I came along for the ride, I would make a few bucks with them. He would take the majority, but he would give me a little taste. And I guarantee music directors all over the country were doing the exact same thing, man. They had a lot of control. The music director had maybe more control than the program director. Because they were in direct contact with all the record labels. And the record labels were all sending all sorts of stuff to promote their bands. So they would come up with special uh, pressings of songs and albums. And, uh, and then they would like press live songs of their hits. And all this stuff you simply couldn't um, buy. And back then, it was kind of hard to even record it off the radio. You would record, I guess, with a cassette player. So you'd able, you were able, if you were a real musicologist, to you know record some of this stuff. But for the most part, that stuff, like uh, Jeffrey's saying, was very valuable. I finally went from getting a taste to doing it myself, but not like this guy in Rochester did. When I moved to Buffalo... There was a time, there was a hostile takeover by um, another radio company of the station I worked at. They fired everybody. I was one of the few they didn't fire. Um, and I had to make believe I was sad for everybody. <laughs> Jesus, why am I saying that? We were a tight-knit group in Buffalo. We believed in what we were doing. Our, uh, we were at the Fox, and we were doing things a little differently. And the company that owned 97 Rock... They uh, they bought us. They bought the radio station, and they they called us all into the conference room. I'll end with this. They they called us all into the conference room, 
and basically say, said that, uh, yeah, uh, we're buying the station, and we're going to change some things, and if you don't hear your name, um, you're fired, basically. So I heard my name, and it was only my name and only a couple others, and I, I honestly I kept my job because I was just a scrub making no money. They needed they needed somebody to sit in the seat until they figured shit out, and everyone else was getting fired. And uh, as soon as I knew what was going down, I ran to the prize closet and grabbed all sorts of box sets and shit and loaded my car that was right outside the door. Loaded up my Honda Accord as as best I could, and. Uh, <clears throat> And I sold that shit to some local record stores and made a few extra bucks. A couple hundred bucks, I, I remember. And that kept me going for a week or two. I remember the program director. So he got fired. And he went back to his office. And it was uh, the early days of computers. This is like late 80s, maybe like right around 1990. Oh my God, it's that long ago? And uh, he went to his computer and... Uh, <laughs> There was armed guards wandering around the radio station, and, and the armed guard walked into his office and said, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I mean, it was a hostile takeover, and everyone had to leave after they got fired. And then we all went to Gabriel's Gate, I remember. I'll go real local for everybody. And we got uh, shit-faced, and everyone's all bummed and depressed and sad. And I'm sitting there like, I'm bummed and depressed because I, I really liked a lot of these people. But I'm also like, wait, but you didn't get fired. So it was like some really strange emotions going through the kid's head. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-